0: to the ramble podcast i'm your host joel primus father entrepreneur filmmaker athlete hopeful writer and dedicated wanderer i'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives their struggles and passions and pains so every week with athletes entrepreneurs healers adventurers and beyond i'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people places pursuits and performance enjoy hello and welcome back to the ramble I'm excited because I have such an awesome, inspiring, incredible human being of a guest today who is a longtime friend and somebody who I have just... Loved to follow. Why have I loved to follow him? Because he has traveled the world. Mr. Michael Graziano is the youngest Canadian and American male to visit all 193 UN nations. He finished his six year journey in February 2020 after delivering a TEDx talk at Oxford just moments before the pandemic. He filmed a show on Discovery Channel called Global Degree and now has over 7 million followers on Instagram. Boom. He then founded Mindful Media, rated the top PR firm for entrepreneurs in 2021 by Forbes with over 500 clients. He is the host of Adweek's Mindful Leadership podcast, and he is a partner of Mindful Capital and Mindful Labs, a venture capital and incubator for startups. He met his wife on the audio app Clubhouse, and the two got married in front of 27,000 virtual attendees, according to the New York Times. Mike, it is good to talk. How are you? What's
1: up, man? It's good it's good to hang out again. <laughs> we are
0: we were due. <laughs> yeah. we were due life we the last time you and I were chatting was in the uh, the explosion of naked gamestop Wall Street bets versus Wall Street uh, Sega where you just dove in, man, you you came in and you helped me like a good friend and it was um it was awesome but then then life got in the way's <laughs> been a, it's been a minute.
1: yeah I mean to, to be honest that was when Clubhouse was rocking in 2020 I believe and uh, I was making a name for myself on Clubhouse and for those who know Clubhouse is this audio conferencing app and there was a stock trading page that had about 250 thousand active traders and uh there's no regulations at the time there's nothing. <laughs> It was so new. And then I heard about Wall Street bets and I was going through these companies and I see you naked and I just laugh out loud. I mean, I'm, it's such a small world. So, I, so, you know, called you up and we did our little uh, presentation in front of the investors. It's interesting times.
0: But it's so it's like you have this and have always had this ability to get shit done and to to put that moment into perspective, there had peop- there had been people in Clubhouse that I'd reached out to. There had been people in Clubhouse that like my fairly well known coaching speaking friends had reached out to, and the number of attendees that we had like come to our shit was like zero. Mm-hmm. And then you jump in the pool, and next thing you know, there's like hundreds of thousands of people engaged in some conversation. I'm like, how did
1: you get this done so fast, Mike? Like it.
0: It's just such an amazing. I got a
1: story for you. I got a story that I learned when I was younger, and I've I've applied it to everything I do in my life. And for those listening, this is a a gem uh, that you can take with you. There's a guy named Adam Kluger. Have you heard of Adam Kluger? Founded (laughs) Kluger Group. Okay. And uh, when Adam was 21 years old, he was at school in Florida, college. And do you remember Bad Romance, that music video by Lady Gaga? Yeah the first ever video to reach 1 billion views on YouTube ever. And uh, the whole world kind of just admired it and then moved on to their life. But Adam took it to heart and he uh, put on his best suit and he flew to uh, Los Angeles, Interscope Records, had a meeting with uh, the president of Interscope. And he said, I represent Coca-Cola. We want to sponsor and put our brand in Lady Gaga's next music video. Let me know how much. Give me a price. Any price. Uh, you know, Interscope says, do we take this kid seriously? You know, whatever. Let's give him a shot. So they say, okay, price is two million bucks if you want to be in her next next video. He then flies to New York and meets with Coca-Cola headquarters for the first time, <laughs> saying, I represent Lady Gaga. And we want to put your product in her next music video for the whole world to see. It's going to cost you $3 million. He has two separate agreements signed, gets the deal done. Everyone's happy. Adam walks off of a million dollars cash. He buys a Mercedes SLS and drives home laughing with the top down. And he now owns a uh, Kluger group, which is the number one product placement agency in the world. And he's a uh, fortune uh, Forbes 30 under 30. And, uh, you know, I like that. I like yeah. I like what he did there. And so, you know, I I did a full transparency, Joel. I came to you first and got your permission, and then I went straight to the 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 Wall Street bet or Wall Street bets or the stock yeah. trader company. Say, hey, I got the you know ex founder of Naked who's interested in an interview. So you go find a distribution outlet slash player. You go find a celebrity and someone, and he's just kind of. Meet, meet in the middle you know i hosted jesse itzler's uh welcome party jesse is a uh, owner of the atlanta hawks mm-hmm. uh sold Berksh- uh sold uh marquee jets to berkshire hathaway uh his his wife sarah blakely the you know celebrity billionaire and i never met i never met jesse i didn't know anything about jesse but i went to the og club number one club on clubhouse said i got jesse itzler coming for me a welcome party they say yes then I came to Jesse saying, "I represent the OG Club. We want to have your, your your welcome party." He said yes. So there's Jesse, founder of the OG Club, and me, right smack dab in the middle. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a great thing. It's it's just playing the quarterback, playing the connector, and creating opportunities for everybody. But you have a
0: because there, you know, one there's a charisma that you are able to translate digitally even even if somebody wasn't to see your instagram page or the fact that you're incredibly mm-hmm. handsome they would <laughs> <laughs> there just so cold email you are still able to translate authenticity charisma you're able to get an email opened and there's something else to that, even just, you know, talk about the distribution side of it and bringing those opportunities together. Sure. But you're still there's another level that you have that where you're able. And obviously, I think we talked about this once, you know, we're talking about raising money for traveling videos like Global Degree, which we'll get to in a second. And there's a lot of rejection in that, too. There's a lot of no's and unopens before you get to the yeses. But I feel like you have a high rate of yeses in getting people to at least listen to what you have to say to them. Is that, is that Mm -hmm. true? Mike?
1: Yes. And the reason I get yeses is because I think of the most exciting idea I can come up with. And then I connect people together around that exciting idea. I mean, if it, if it makes me feel that excited, there's a good chance it's going to make the next person feel just as excited. So for global degree, Another perfect Adam Kluger moment. Mm-hmm. I want to be the youngest person to go to every country in the world. No one, no one believed in me. My, my parents thought I'd lost my mind. Mm-hmm. My friends were laughing at me, you know, good luck, buddy. I had no support. I had no financing. I had nothing. So I said, okay, what would Adam do? And the answer is uh, I went to the press. I, I, I reached out to all the publications I could think of. Uh, I got a guy also named Adam, Adam Siddick. Uh, wrote, wrote for Huffington Post to pick up the story because, you know, he said this is exciting. It's called Michael Graziano to be the youngest uh, North American to go to every country in the world, graduating with his global degree. Finally, I got some credibility. I then took that to the largest companies in the world, um, Hostel World, Discovery Channel, GoPro, Flight Center, TripAdvisor, and I asked for their support. And I promised them the world. I said, "Hey, I'm doing this trip around the world. Do you want to be a part of history or not? I'll create content. I'll create commercials. I'll create. I'll fulfill. Um, you know, event content for your vendors. I will create viral video campaigns. You know, how much footage you have in Papua New Guinea? Nothing. Let me fill that for you. And I got them all to buy into it. But now I have all this financing and support. But I, I've never picked up a video camera in my life." <laughs> I never whole held a digital camera, DSLR, video camera. So what did I do? I hired a team, mm-hmm. you know, promise the world, but then find the people to get it done. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, there's another story about Bill Gates. I'll share in a minute. And then once I had my team, then I created this content. And we were, I went from, you know, no one ever believed in me to four months later, I was creating a production for discovery channel called global degree. And we had it ended up being a $3 million trip, all expenses paid because I had connected people together and everyone got something out of it. Right. And, um, another story is Bill Gates. Uh, for those who've probably seen the movie, uh, uh, Silicon pirates, I think it was called Bill was Microsoft was a small company in Albuquerque and, um, him and his, uh, co-founder were sleeping on a couch. Like he was really not who he is today, but he had a meeting with IBM in a, uh, project called uh, Project Chess PC for short. And they were looking for a operating software for their all their IBMs. Bill Gates showed up and uh, one of the guys supposedly asked him for a coffee, thinking he was the intern. So Bill Gates realized people weren't going to take him seriously in this meeting. So he sat down and he got really technical. He talked engineer talk that he knew none of these suits understood. And they said, okay, Bill, look, We want to, do you have a, have you created an operating software before? And he said, yes, of course. In actual reality, he had never created an operating software. It was a full bluff. Bill loved poker. And this was a full bluff. He said, okay, we'll give you $50,000 to to create this operating software for IBM. What did Bill do? Took the 50 grand, found the guy who made the software, Mm -hmm. purchased full rights, full exclusive rights of that software for $50,000 one-time fee. Mm -hmm. So he broke even. Came back to IBM and said, oh, "Here's the software you needed, the operating software, um, operating system, and I want a royalty for every uh, PC that uses it." IBM had no idea how big this was going to be. They said yes. we became the one of the wealthiest men in the world, right? So there's 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 little success leaves clues and these these little stories throughout history.
0: Yeah, I can I can relate to a few of those, but part of I mean, part of the reason I wanted to chat with you today, I wanted to reminisce a little bit on the global degree, but you know, the, the story and the thing that makes me admire you most is not that you did what you just said you did, where you got the, the sponsors and the million dollars. It's the times when towards the end, some of those sponsors weren't there and the camera crew wasn't there anymore. And it was just you holding the camera and the times when you, know, you had launched aspects of the school. And if you don't mind me saying, some of the things had, had been a bit challenging, and you ended up with massive liabilities on your personal credit card, and you kept going. And that always was... And you kept going with enthusiasm. And then towards the end of your trip, when you were battling loneliness, which I want to talk about, you kept going. And this is to me the story under the story of yes, you're an executor, you get shit done. Yes, you know how to market things to make things happen. But at the end of the day, there's a there's a tenacity and there's a there's a there's a will to keep going that I think is where the rubber really meets the road. And so I wanted to, you know, how do I how do I frame that into a question, Mike? I wanted to I wanted to talk about some of the hard times and I wanted to talk about some of the good times as well, but, and the secret sauce and where I want to start that is actually at the very beginning, because again, there's this moment of jumping into something where what you, you, you have a feeling and a a vision as to what this will all look like. But the, but the, there's only two bricks paved in the yellow brick road in front of you. (laughs) You don't know how the rest of it gets there. And that makes a lot of people decide not to start. And so here you are, you're in Thailand, young man, still a young man, but younger man. <laughs> uh, and you've had this vision to, to do this. So how, what is your process when the, when the lightning rod strikes? You know what you want to do, but you, it, but you make this sort of soul contract because you're not just going to do it half, or a quarter, or a third. You go all the way. Like, what what are you feeling? How are you thinking through this commitment of 193 countries? Ain't no joke, right? Is that a, is that a fair way to phrase that? Can you pick the baton up from there and kind of run with it?
1: Yeah, it's beautiful question, brother. Yeah, and I know this. Uh, I, I'm first of all, I'm amazed that you remembered every little instance, and, and then I just remember that you a very similar mission after visiting thailand visiting every country and you know what goes into it and and how quickly it can be taken away Mm
0: -hmm.
1: after my trip to thailand i went first of all i went alone supposed to go with all my friends they all bailed out Uh, i have great friends by the way this is just (laughs) common this is common you know you know all my friends (laughs) you know it's just common that sometimes people don't go on the journey with you and there's nothing wrong with that everyone's on their own journey, right? So I took a path and I went alone. And that was the most important thing that happened to me because number one, I overcame a fear of loneliness. Mm-hmm. I real I thought that I needed my support network with me and that's not true. You can go anywhere in the world and you'll make friends, mm-hmm. long, lifelong connections. Uh, so that was empowering. I know that I could be dropped anywhere in the world and I, I, I find my way. Number two, it was uh, really inexpensive, like, if you travel in a certain way, if you're doing hostels, you're doing couch surfing, uh, you know, you're know, you backpacking, it was cheaper to travel the world than to live in Vancouver or any metropolitan city. And, and many people know that, especially today with inflation. And then the number three, which is the most important was people said, don't go alone. You're going to get drugged. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get kidnapped, just ill advice from people who have never been. And I showed up to Thailand and I'm like, this place is beautiful. And Thailand's a melting pot of people from around the world, you know, and I I met people there saying, you know, you think Thailand's nice, come to Congo, come to Pakistan, come to uh, Tunisia, come to, you know, Sudan. Everyone's telling me how beautiful all the, the countries are. And I realized, what if the world's actually a really good place? What if I have nothing to fear? And all this media is just a political chess game. And I knew deep down in my heart that was true. But now I needed to prove it. So it was a little bit of frustration with the way things are combined with vision of the way things should be and mixed in with with passion and and naysayers, which haters, which actually can be your fuel to prove them wrong. And it kind of became a melting pot. And then I I made a proclamation. And uh, if you've read the book uh, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, you'll you'll remember the chapter where the commander set fire to the ships for his troops on the beach. And they said, commander, why did you do that? You know, those are, our our, that's our ride home (laughs) after battle. And the commander said, either you die on this beach or you win the war. There's no option. He ended up winning outnumbered three to one. And I did the same thing. I said, I'm going to go to every country in the world by age 30. I'm going to die trying. Either I do it, or I cease to exist. Those are the two options. And when you do something as medieval as that, as, uh, you know, as stoic as that, what happens is everything that comes your way becomes an obstacle and not the end of the road. There was no exit plan. There was no plan B. So yes, Joel, Mm -hmm. I had camera crew quit halfway through the trip. I had camera crew steal equipment. I've had three major sponsors drop out in seven days mm-hmm. i've had plans go astray i've had our team robbed at gunpoint twice which which was their fault but i'll I get to that later i've had a lot of things go wrong i mean i tried to do a a, a university alternative poke global degree academy and had uh, the vendors somehow get a, uh, access to my my pro uh, my personal credit cards and and max me out yeah, had been exhausted. I was I
0: remember you yeah. calling me after that and I was like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so so look, I had everything go against me. And especially my last year in Africa, it was really tough. I mean, almost everyone had bailed out. I had one guy from Switzerland who kind of was there. Thank God he was, because I had some companion. But if you every time I wanted to give up, I would just sit there, sometimes in tears. Mm -hmm. And I had that little whisper, you barely hear it. You got to really listen. And it says, keep going. Mm -hmm. You're breathing, right? Are you breathing? So you're not dead. Mm -hmm. Keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going. I mean, and, and, and especially in the, at the very end, my friend said, Mike, what are you doing? Travel's supposed to be fun. You're not having a good time. just stop. Or who cares about this silly record? If you're not enjoying yourself, she shouldn't be doing it blah, 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 blah. But that voice, keep going, keep going. So I kept going. And I finished my trip, February 2020. Country 193 was Angola. I flew to Angola, uh, from Angola to London. I, I threw an end of the world party. Everyone <laughs> said, why, why would you have an end of the world party? It's not like it's Armageddon or anything. Oh, no. This Meanwhile, is, fe- this is fe- going. February 1st, <laughs> 2020. And I said, uh, no, it's because I've been to every country. It was a great party. 300 people showed up. And then I went and did my TED Talk, which ironically, the last, to over 2,000 cities, the last city on planet Earth was uh, where my wife-to-be was born uh, mm. 10 minutes up the road. Mm. And, uh, and then I got home and the whole world shut down. So had I listened to reason, had I listened to good advice from smart people, I would have failed at my mission and, and probably never been able to finish it. I listened to my voice. I listened to my intuition. I made a promise nine years ago now, and I stuck to it and I finished, you know, six days before the global pandemic shut down the world. Mm -hmm. Is that a coincidence? Is this a simulation? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, these are all questions I ask. but the advice to people is do or die, Mm -hmm. um, pick something that you really care about and that you're willing to die for. I mean, Shea Govera said once, uh, once you're willing to die for something, are you truly willing to live? Mm-hmm. I, I really agree with that. So I was th- you. you reminded me of,
0: I just he- heard the story of Anvil. I'm not sure if you're familiar with these guys. So Anvil, I just heard them on the rich roll podcast and they're, a, they're a Canadian heavy metal band. Right. And, uh, They, um, I'll try and keep this quick, but so they were on tour early on in their career. Like, you know, I don't know, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe a little, maybe 30 years ago with like Bon Jovi and Zeppelin and all the, all these groups. And like everybody in that group pool went on to become multi-million record selling labels, except them. And they had this one friend, super fan at the time, who was like 14 years old, who was a roadie on that tour with them. And then he goes off to become a famous Hollywood director. Like he directed The Terminal with Tom Hanks, which I think was nominated for Best Picture or he, he wrote it one of the two. But so he reaches out to them anyway. He reaches out to them 15, 20 years later, decides to make a movie about them, right? And finds out that they're like, they're still playing. But they're playing like dive bars and like old folks homes kind of thing, right? These two heavy metal rocker guys. And so he, try, he wants to make this movie about perseverance because these kids, when they, when they were kids, at 14, they made a vow that they were going to rock together until they were pushing up daisies. It didn't matter if they were successful. It didn't, nothing else mattered it's as long as they were going to keep rocking. And the, the lead singer, I think, Lips is his name. He had said during the lowest point, he's like, he had this, this kind of intuitive belief, like you. He said, What's going to happen is one of our fans is going to make it. And then they're going to do something that's going to help us finally break through. And sure enough, the documentary goes to Sundance, goes to Hot Dogs, becomes one of the best rock documentaries of all time, and blows them up years, years later. But they just kept going, like that was the that was the thing. If you've decided to do something, and you make that commitment. But so the question on the other side of that, Mike, is like, is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it just you? Is it an inspiration? Where does that that is it spiritual? Like, where does that power to hold on to that belief and to listen to it come from? Not yeah, ignore that's it.
1: A, yeah, it's <laughs> an interesting question. I think um, my dad was an academic. He, uh, I think he has eight degrees taught by Nobel prize winners at university of Chicago, you know, masters in economics, you know, that type of level. And I noticed that he, um, he had struggles financially had struggles in, within his family and, um, struggles with his own personal health, mental health. And I said to myself, okay, so here's, a. Here's a guy who's really smart, really academic, yet struggling in all facets of his life. And I was feeling that. And I have my grandparents who never graduated high school and um, you know, sold his company. My grandpa sold his company to uh, Dillingham, to uh, McDermott. He was vice president. I think they sold for $600 million in like the 90s. And I said, okay, so here's an un- uneducated man who... Is extremely successful. You know, they loved by everyone. I don't know if you've met my grandmother, but she's an absolute icon. The New York Times called her a national treasure. Photo of her was New York Times photo photo of the year.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. And um, so it's kind of like that rich dad, poor dad type scenario. And um, I, I learned early on that people, you have to be a people person not an educated person, be be, be an educated person within people Mm. and also perseverance, stick to one thing and just keep, stick with it, never give up. And that was, um, instilled on me from my grandparents. And, you know, I reinforced with my friends growing up. I mean, I kind of clung on other entrepreneurial kind of ambitious people Mm. that you and I both know. And so it was, it was a, a good support network, a good environment of, people reminding you to never give up Mm -hmm. and just stick with it. You know, I started reading self-development books, The Secret and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Science of Getting Rich and all these, uh, The Power of Now, all of these books that really shaped my mind. And everyone talks about habits and I notice they're looking at the wrong habits. I mean, I those people are saying, well, what time do entrepreneurs wake up? What time do successful people wake up? You know, here's a pool of people saying, Wake up at 5 a.m., beat the sun. And then you have all these other extremely successful people saying, No, I'm a night owl. Don't yeah. wake up at 3 p.m. <laughs> Some people are saying, Eat healthy, BV. And others like, No, I'm on a carnival diet, carnivore yeah. diet, and I'm ultra successful. So I'm noticing these habits around kind of lifestyle. And I'm like, Those are the wrong habits. Have you made a habit of taking a leap and being vulnerable? Have you made a, and a habit of making a, a vulnerable post? And I'm not just saying Instagram vulnerable. I mean, truly, truly vulnerable. Um, Have you made a habit of making a fool of yourself, taking a risk on making a fool of yourself? Have you made a habit of picking up a phone and calling a hundred strangers, asking for someone to support you? You know, have you made a habit of building something and having it portrayed as something larger than life when really it's just you and a website builder? Um, have you made a habit of standing on your high, the highest pedestal that you can find and talk about your vision and your dream and allow people to follow you? You know, these are habits I think people need to understand, and, and we're all creatures of habit. And I, I, I find a lot of people are at a crossroads in their life, and some might spend a year, two years, five years, 10 years at that crossroad, hoping that the turn they're going to make, it's going to be the right one. And, um, I, I just noticed, you know, you got to make decisions quickly. You got to fail quickly. You have to jump off a bridge, jump off a cliff and build a parachute on the way down mm-hmm. and make habits of these types of actions. You know, you know, one of the other habits that I think you
0: have is you have this, this habit of celebration. And you mentioned like the party at the end of the thing, um, you know, three other people, but you were always celebrating throughout. It wasn't just the end that, we, that you celebrated. And I, I, think I, took my, I think my wife and I both took a lot from that, where you'd celebrate the little things, and you were always keen to make sure that people were having a good time and coming to celebrate with you, whether it was like you finished a video, like you made a video, and you, you're like, let's come over and watch the video and celebrate, or let's have dinner at such and such a place and celebrate. And I thought that was just a really beautiful way to, because you 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 know when you're in this long arduous process of seeking a goal that's six bloody years, you know, you can't just wait till the end to think I'm yeah. okay now I can have a good time, and I think that maybe maybe it helped, maybe it helps you you know, at the very least, just be in the, in the moment. But I imagine gratitude. I imagine there's all kinds of things happening when you have this habit of celebration.
1: What, what I'm doing is I, I appreciate you noticing that what I'm really doing is when you celebrate, you you almost celebrate the goal as if it's already been accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife teaches me to write uh, my own story And she says, write it third person in the past tense. Mm -hmm. Michael Graziano accomplished his goal and became the youngest American to go to every country. And all of his close friends came there to celebrate. And and you just, you actually go through the motions of hitting your goal Mm -hmm. and then you can share those. Some people like to be really private and they say, I don't like to share things until they're done. And I think there is something there. Particularly with um, maybe some like business deals or, or something, you don't want bad energy on a deal. It could, um, but I'm I'm the opposite. I like to talk widely and openly about my dream as long as it's helping other people. As long as it's amplifying the world. You know, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it just to have 300 passports or passport stamps behind me? No, I'm doing it to prove the world's a good place, to prove people are good everywhere, and that uh, and anywhere on planet Earth. People are curious, kind, loving, generous. And, um, and so I, I, I like to celebrate as if it already happened because that fuel fuels me, right? It's ironic how one of the saddest days of my journey was Country 193 because I thought I was going to be elevated I was going to be, you know, enlightened. I thought I was going to be hovering home at that point because I'd seen every country in the world. It's actually the opposite. It's a little bit sad. I'd run out of countries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the saying that uh, life, Musk? <laughs> yeah, life life isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. That, that saying couldn't be more true. I felt that it was a little bit. Sad. I'm like, just because I ran out of the countries doesn't mean my journey's over. Yeah, maybe next we go to the moon. Go, go to go populate <laughs> Mars. You know, and um, and then so I, I looked to money after that. When I got home, I said, okay, well, I didn't really feel good after going to every country. So maybe let's go make millions of dollars. Maybe that will fill my cup. And I went and built a media company, and it was a huge success, and you know, hit uh, seven figures quite quickly, and then and beyond. And then there wasn't much fulfillment there either. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's, that's kind of a, not a good, you know, it's, it's, there's not much there either. And then I met the love of my life on clubhouse. We got married and, uh, you know, proposed to her uh, at the top of a mountain, took a helicopter up and proposed to her. And she said, yes, proposed with my grandmother's, uh, uh, ring, uh, heirloom ring. And then once, I found love that's, that really mm-hmm. filled my cup. I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. No travel, no money can, mm-hmm. can fulfill something like a, a full heart, you know? And that was, that was, um, that was really an empowering and fulfilling moment as well. Yeah. That no, was, it was so
0: beautiful to see those, that moment, um, you know, just on Instagram and and knowing you and knowing what you had, Recently, been vulnerable about and posted about, which I want to ask, which I do want to ask you about. But I, I, you know, there's just so many things that I think are very interesting about how you live, and and this again, it's not really a question, I guess, but I was curious about the energy of being in motion, which you had more or less been in motion for six, probably prior to that, even you know, six plus years. Creating in motion, having to come up with ideas in motion, as you said, build your parachute on the, you know, while you're falling. It, all of this stuff in motion, and then for, maybe even if the pandemic hadn't happened and things hadn't shut down, you know, that level of motion was going to subside a little bit. How how do you feel about your work productivity, your creativity, your life energy? being, a, you're at your beautiful home, you know, you're, we just talked about you moving to another beautiful spot. These are very, you know, these are roots versus being on the, like, what feels right to you? The balance? How do you, how do you operate in, in, in these different spheres?
1: Yeah. My, my wife still makes fun of me today. um, saying how I'm such a hippie. I'm such a traveler. <laughs> I, I don't really have much in my wardrobe. I, mm-hmm. uh, she keeps forcing me to find a stylist and get clothes properly and just bought some jewelry for myself for the since forever. It's one of those things where I enjoy nice things, but at the same time, take it all away from me. I'm, I'm still happy. And I'm starting to- I just, I'm going to gonna interrupt because it's funny you said that because I was going to ask Fairmont or Hostel, <laughs> you know, because right? I think- right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a hostel guy all day long if I'm traveling the world solo with my life in my backpack. But when I'm a family man with a child who enjoys swimming at the pool and needs a nice safe place and my wife who enjoys peace and serenity, then at the Fairmont. Yeah. So there's there's different chapters in your life. And I, I just happen to have gone from one chapter to another quite quickly. <laughs> I went from, uh, you know, covered in dirt with all my possessions in a garbage bag, coming home in debt, to having a thriving business, driving a Maserati to my beautiful West Van home with a wife and and a son in a matter of eighteen months. Yeah, and so I'm. It's different chapters in life, and with different chapters comes different decisions, different possessions, different things. So I, I'd ask people, what chapter? Do you want? Because there's a lot of people who are just got out of college and they're in some banking job or some lawyer job or engineer job, and they just want to go let loose and go and travel and literally like just run away from it all and just escape and find themselves. And I say go and do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's better? Letting go of the things you have and and running around the world to find yourself or holding on to things and being miserable your entire life to only have a massive regret at the end of it, but little voice telling you to go. And that I respect that voice so much. I mean, that voice is everything. I mean, think about that. I mean, there's something in you telling you to do something. You have to listen to that. Right. And, um, so I am at a different chapter in my life and I, I'm okay being in one spot. I mean, we're still flying, all the time, mm-hmm. find a Los Angeles next week, New York the week after that, just mm-hmm. for for business or for my wife for television and and her 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 career. But and I I enjoy putting her in the spotlight. Now I'm I'm okay not being in the spotlight. I I just you know our media company we amplify mindful people and mindful brands and we put them in the spotlight. We go and get them in Forbes and get them on television and in newspapers. And um, I just know how important those things were for me to kickstart my career. Mm -hmm. So I want to help empower people and and have them use all this stuff as tools to get to where they want to go. It may not be to every country in the world, but maybe they want to have a top podcast or maybe they want to uh, create uh, a brand and and looking for investment, or maybe they, you know, want to go and create an NGO uh, Mm -hmm. and they have a nonprofit idea. So I I get more fulfillment now from empowering other people to go on there global world domination, uh, uh, trip or, or, or campaign. I really admire that you have lived that
0: very much. And, uh, I thought it was really beautiful. I, I don't know if any, you know, this part of it has anything to do with it. Maybe it does, but you know, you live your, you have lived a lot of your life in the public eye, whether it's just socially like social media or actual media, because you've been featured, in all kinds of different publications, live television, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you built what you built predicated on this idea of sharing and building community digitally. You couldn't have what you had without a willingness to share a lot consistently. Then you, you know, you you were married on clubhouse in front of lots of people, but then you have this moment and I don't want to misrepresent it. So I'll let you talk more about it. Where you're somewhere in Africa and you're and this is the, the last year of your trip, the last leg of your trip, and you're really struggling with loneliness. Mm-hmm. and there was an interesting irony there that you were very open about and I'm curious how you view sharing today having already had all these followers you have more today but then still feeling this huge sense of loneliness at this one point where you're 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 at at least a pinnacle of of being a public figure and yet you're just you're just feeling so much loneliness like how do you reconcile it because i imagine a lot of people you know forget the science and all that behind it but like feel that they have a spotlight but they feel lonely how did you overcome it? Talk to me about it.
1: Yeah. So what happened there was I remember the post. We all remember the post. And and the reason is because I, um everyone was saying, Oh, your life is so amazing. Your life is so perfect. And I was actually going through a lot of loneliness. I, I think I, I was deep down. I think I was searching for love. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I was looking for a, a deep, meaningful connection and, as I was always on the move for six years, I just had superficial encounters. And when you have enough superficial encounters, you just kind of just believe, you know, maybe I'm unlovable, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There was that and just such a fast paced life. I I didn't, I I remember saying, I, I didn't even know who I knew. People would message me be like, Hey, you know, remember me? I'm like, I have no idea when, where, what happened. It was kind of just like a blur because it was happening so quickly and wasn't really proud of some of the things I was doing in terms of treating women and then treating, you know, just, I, I was going through a lot and it's just loneliness. And just because there's a lot of people around you doesn't mean you're not lonely. It, it's the, the, the quality of the relationships with those people that matter. And I didn't, I hadn't seen my family. I mean, I'd check in every now and then, but I hadn't seen them for so long and missed them. And so, you know, after one one more person said, You had lived such an amazing life, yeah, I'm so jealous. Then I made that post to be like, Hey, by the way, I'm actually going through something. And I just kind of wrote it all out. And I remember a lot of people like this this wave of support, almost kind of like guardian angels came to me through all these random messages, just being like, Hey, that was really powerful and you gave me. Courage to go and speak my truth. Or you gave me courage to take off my mask and tell the world how I truly am. And um, I think uh, I think it was important. And I had to do it because it was on my heart and on my mind. And um, I, I wanted people to know that not everything is perfect. And I don't want to create an illusion. It is because then you're, uh, you know, Prince E A said, "Do you does your content make people's hearts sore?" pain or does it make their hearts sore like a plane? Uh, Right. And um, there's a lot of content of people just kind of making them sore by comparison, comparisons, the thief of joy. Yeah. So I, I, I told them where I was truly at, which actually really lit a lot of people up and, 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 and empowered them. And um, it's interesting. We all remember that moment because it was just truth think kind of like vulnerability is just going one layer deeper on how you feel mm-hmm. and we all relate to it because we're all human so it's it's kind of trying to describe what it's like one layer deeper and all of us kind of resonating with that because we're all we all go through the same things and so yeah i mean it, it needs to be done and thank god it did because i felt a million pounds lighter the 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 day after
0: yeah yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think that it was a
0: really impactful moment for a lot of people. And if anyone goes and digs up the post, they'll see that. And I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. And so I wanted to just ask a couple more questions. And one is kind of attached to the last one. It's something that maybe why I say it was maybe attached to it is because it has to do with the digital community coming and engaging in a moment. And I was loosely part of this moment. Maybe I was more than loosely part of this moment because you created a video that was was a very heartfelt, beautiful piece about the millennial generation getting up and kind of going. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing had like seven or eight million views or something. It was just absolutely insane. Maybe more. Ten million.
1: Ten million, ten million, million views. In right. Ten days. <laughs> it was like. But but it
0: it created a, a firestorm of. Mm-hmm around, I, I think as Gen X. Our parents' said, discrimination. Yeah, age discrimination, saying that millennials, essentially saying it was, you know, millennials were the only people that travel. Now, you had this incredibly positive, almost, I mean, I imagine there was a moment of, oh shit, but it was like pretty much an incredibly positive, like, oh, there's so much I can learn from it. this. And there's such a great conversation happening about something that, I know I had a blind spot on because you sent me the video and I'm like, yes, let it roll. And then, (laughs) then, you know, no kind of in, in I wasn't in tune enough to catch what might've been, you know, might've been missing in that. But, you know, what did you talk a little bit about that, like what you learned and how you've applied that to different things that you do now?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, that was an interesting moment as well. It was um one of our sponsors was World Nomads insurance, and part of our agreement was to create a viral video for them. So I made this video called Dear Older Generations, We're Sorry. And it was kind of like a little bit of heartfelt but kind of snarky, you know, we're sorry that we want to go and travel the world and not be in a, a cubicle working for you. We're sorry. We don't believe in traditional education and we want to go learn online. And I just kind of really drew a sand line in the sand of old versus new, but I did it by younger generation versus older generation. And what happened was everyone loved the video. I mean, that's we did a screening and yeah. everyone was saying how great it was. World nomads loved it said it, our best piece yet. And, um, and then once it went viral, uh, we had a huge backlash of the older people, older generations coming back saying, this is BS. And then world nomads said, take it down. Otherwise we're going to sue you. And after it was getting, they had,
0: after they had, after they had approved it. it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. It's Cause right. the founder of the company saw and said, this is BS. So they obviously, they changed gears just like that. And, um, and it was getting mil- a million views a day, so every day that that went on, our channel, our community got so much larger. Yet we have losses from our sponsors, and it was an absolute absolute chaos. And the lesson learned is viral content is actually usually somewhat controversial content. All the comments are usually just kind of one side versus another, and um, and I learned that firsthand. And I did learn a thing or two. I think it was a mistake to say old versus young, because there are a ton of older people that are traveling the world, learning online, you know, don't believe in traditional education. Uh, you know, they they work from their laptop, like, you know, especially nowadays. I mean, back in the day, we're talking 2018, 2017, that was kind of a new concept. But nowadays, it's, it's normal. And so, those are the people who were coming in. And then, um, I agree. I mean, it's not old versus young. It's probably old think traditional thinking versus new age thinking. And that translates through across age. There are some 18 year olds that are very set in the traditional ways. And there's 60 year olds that are, mm-hmm. are more vibrant and youthful than, than any mm-hmm. of us. So that was a, le- a lesson learned, but it was a, it was a global conversation about it. Yeah, And I'm happy it happened because I think it led to a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of response videos that were pretty, pretty from kind of trolling our video, which is interesting. <laughs> and um it was it it created a global conversation about old world versus new world and, and the power of technology. And I'm happy it happened. Um so yeah, <laughs> I just had to learn an interesting way about it.
0: <laughs> it was it was good, man. Well, brother, I I'm very grateful for giving me a little bit of your time. I know you're busy and and um I just the last thing was, or the last two things, I guess, is just you know, is there any thing, whether it's based on your travels or based on just your life experience in general or what you're doing now that you, that you wanted to share with everyone listening to just give them a you've you've been dropping wisdom bombs all time all the, the whole forty five minutes we've been chatting fifty minutes but anything you wanted to share anything I didn't ask you you wanted to share.
1: Yeah. I mean, just to summarize, Hmm. uh, you know, when you have nothing to lose, go for your wildest goals. There's usually not much consequences to chasing your dreams. Uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness, beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Uh, get used to jumping off Hmm. cliffs and, and building parachutes on the way down, get used to being vulnerable and speaking your heart and walking away from people. And things uh, and environments that don't serve you unapologetically, you know, follow your heart and um, keep your heart wide open. Even if it's hurt, it's better to have an open hurting heart than a closed, closed one, sad one, you know, and, um, and the world's your oyster, Mm -hmm. you know, anything's possible, no matter where you are on planet Earth, Uh, technology has enabled you and, and freed you. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, the world is your oyster. If I can help in anything with anything, just connect with me directly. And, um, I'm, I'm here to serve, you know, uh, asking you shall receive, have the courage (laughs) to ask for big things and have the gratitude to receive them. Mm.
0: There was a time when you, um, I think you'd come, I think you had finished the trip. I I can't remember if you'd finished the trip or you were in between the, the right before the last leg. And you were speaking for some kind of travel community at in Vancouver at, at Van City's headquarters, and you had just come back from like a ten day silence retreat, and you had this incredible energy. You were vibrating, and you were, but you were also just very calm as well. And I see that now again for you, and it's you know it's really beautiful to see, and I'm so happy. sure there's lots going on, but I'm just so happy to see that energy and, uh, and it rubs off. (laughs) I always leave our conversations just with chills and ready to go. So where can, where do you want people to check out mindful Michael, any of it, all of it. We'll also put it in the show notes, by the way, but
1: yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, you know, follow me on Instagram or connect with me, which is Michael Graziano. Uh, we have a new podcast on Ad coming out called Mindful Leaders, where we study and celebrate some of the most uh, powerful, impactful people on, on planet Earth, and there's some big, big names uh, coming out soon that you'll 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 get to see. Um, we have a company that we actually just merged into another company uh, last week. Uh, it's, the new company is called Mindful Agency, mm. and uh, we just want to empower mindful brands and people uh, to spread their message and. and get out there and go and change the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have a, another few companies called mindful capital and mindful labs where we, we, we act as venture capitalists. You know, if, if companies need funding, uh, need to raise money, need to go public uh, or just, they're just starting off and they need help with their uh, business plan and their media kits to go and and, and do some friends and family funding or, or uh, just, just, again, here to serve.
0: Michael, thank you. Thank you, brother. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Ramble. We know there is a lot of podcasts out there, so we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others you know all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post anything, we'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests to think we should have on, of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace. Hey, thanks so much for making it to the end of the podcast. I know that my self and of course my guests really appreciate you listening all the way through. You know, they put a lot of time into their projects and their ideas and and you know, they're very thoughtful with how they they bring themselves and show up on the show. And so I'm really grateful that uh, that you've listened all the way through. You know, we don't have ads on the show, I think. I don't think Red Circle's running ads, but I wanted to take just a quick second to say that hey, if the spirit moves you, you know, this podcast can be brought to you by some of the wild, fun, wacky, creative things. I do. I always try and stay in the practice of creativity, whether that's writing or working on films or, uh, just about anything. I I try and be very diligent that I'm, I'm doing it consistently. And so, you know, as a result of that, I put some things out and, and I'd love for you to check them out. one is, uh, Getting Naked, The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship and Startups. That's my book, and you can get it anywhere where books are sold online, like Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or Indigo. And uh, it's the story of my company, Naked Underwear, the first company I started that went from a failed attempt on Dragon's Den, um, that's your shark tank in America, to the NASDAQ and was eventually divested. And it has a ton of tips and ideas for startups very practical advice but it's always also interwoven with my own story which i think entrepreneurs and creatives and artists can really uh would really relate to uh you know it has almost 155-ish star four and a half star reviews and i think people if you're going through you know a startup need some motivation need some ideas just want to feel like hey there's a kindred spirit out there you know it's a great book to check out also you can check out my blog at joelprimus.com forward slash blog where i write a couple of blogs a month about a variety of topics, a lot of stuff on fitness, things like how to know when to quit, a lot of personal development, psychedelics, all kinds of things. Everything's written from a personal lens. And, uh, you know, it's just a great way to digest a little bit of hopefully fun and helpful and inspiration. And of course, keep checking out this podcast, The Ramble, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever your podcatcher of choice is. Thanks again, and have an awesome day, week, month, whatever it is.